Hello everyone and welcome back to the Social Outcast. Thank you for joining me for another week. I really appreciate it. Um, Before we start off today's podcast, I just wanted to say thank you so much for everyone who has supported me. The first episode of the Social Outcast reached over 100 downloads, which I seriously did not expect. When I said I thought three people were going to listen to this, I genuinely meant it. So thank you so much to everyone who has been so supportive, everyone who has shared the podcast and has messaged me their thoughts and been so kind to me. I'm seriously just so overwhelmed by the support and I really did not expect this. I really did not think anyone would care that I was starting a podcast. So thank you so much, everyone. Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I really do appreciate every single one of you who even took the time out of your day to listen to the podcast or listen to the trailer. It just means the absolute world to me. Another thing that I wanted to touch on is I recently started a Google form for the podcast. So through the Google form, you can submit your thoughts, comments, concerns, any questions you want me to answer, any topics you'd like me to discuss. And it really helps me out because it allows a platform where everyone can just be completely transparent and share their thoughts. Because I know sometimes there's things that you want to say that you don't necessarily want to do through direct message. Um, So everything is kept confidential. When I receive your submission, I don't get your name or who it is at all. So if you guys want to submit your thoughts after this podcast episode to the Google form, the link is in my bio. The link is in my bio in my in, on my Instagram page as well. I will leave the link in the show notes. And I did actually receive some submissions on the last episode, which was really, really interesting and it was really exciting. Um, some of the submissions said that... Guys would like to have guests on future episodes. That's something that I do have in the works. I am trying to get guests. I totally understand. Sometimes it's interesting to hear a conversation between two people. So it's more of a, once again, conversation rather than just a one-sided, rather than just being one-sided and just hearing my opinion. So guests are definitely in the works for sure. But for the first couple episodes, I just wanted to speak on some topics that are important to me and kind of speak on my journey so you guys get to know me more on a personal level. And these were episodes that I wanted to do on my own because they're based on my own experience. With all of that being said, let's get into today's episode. On today's episode... Um, This will be definitely the most personal podcast episode that I will ever do. It is a very serious topic. It's not going to be that funny or it might not be the most entertaining, but this is something that I really wanted to speak on. And this entire topic kind of jump-started the podcast and kind of inspired the podcast for me. So this was something that I definitely wanted to discuss. Um... I'm going to try my best to make it lighthearted, um, but I mean, when it's such a heavy topic, it's kind of hard to bring, um, you know, some comedic relief to it, but I will try my best. So today I'm going to be discussing the loss of my brother and my experience with grief and loss. But yeah, I just wanted to make a disclaimer. It's kind of sad that I feel like I have to do this, but... I mean, with social media, a lot of people deem your intentions as being disingenuous, so I just want to get this out of the way before someone has the opportunity to say this, but 
This podcast episode and me speaking openly on this topic is not because I want anyone's pity or it's I'm asking for attention. It takes a lot of strength to speak about something like losing your sibling, your one and only sibling. So please be kind. Um, yeah, I just don't want anyone to think that I'm doing this for attention or I'm trying to talk about something like this to, you know, push my podcast or use it you know, to gain followers for my podcast. This was something that I've always wanted to talk about. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this was because when my brother passed away, I really looked to other people and I really looked to especially podcast podcasts and YouTube videos because the people around me, no one else in my family has ever gone through something like losing a sibling. And so it was kind of hard for me to open up to the people around me, like friends and family, because I just felt like they didn't understand. And the internet was a place that I could go to, to connect with people who actually understood what it was like losing a sibling. So if this podcast episode helps anyone, I, I would absolutely love that. And this is not an effort to gain followers. It's just to help someone out there who may be going through something. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be the loss of a sibling, whether that's a loss of a friend, a family member, a mother, father, an animal. Um, I just hope that this resonates with someone and makes someone else feel less alone. Because I know when I was going through it, I felt really isolated and I felt like no one understood what I was going through. And although I even wanted to speak on this topic and I know I did. I had a lot of reservations talking about this because certain people in my life or people around you will try to silence you and I was always told, you know, that you don't talk about something like this. Death is very taboo and it's very personal and I don't know if other people can relate but especially in the Punjabi community, whatever happens in your home, you really try to hide it because you want to put up a front to other people. And so people around me made me feel bad about, you know, wanting to talk about this and taking this to social media and sharing my story. And I don't know if that's because people thought that I was asking for attention. That was never my, that was never my goal because when you lose a family member, the last thing you think about is going on social media and posting about it. I I mean, it took me even weeks to even look at Instagram on my phone I posted about it because I've always made an effort to be vulnerable with people and, and, you know, so that they can relate to me. And if anyone else is going through something similar, just so we can lean on one another. So yeah, people really try to silence me. They make you feel like you're not supposed to talk about things like this and that, you know, when a death occurs, it's supposed to just stay in between the four walls of your home and I don't think that's the case. Some people are more personal and they don't like talking about things and taking things like this to social media and some people are more open so I don't think there's anything wrong with that so this is why I wanted to talk about it. I know there's going to be certain family members or people that don't agree that I'm talking about this but to be honest once again mom, I know you're listening to this, but like, I just don't give a fuck. I really don't. If I'm putting it that blatantly, I just don't because I know what it's, I know the courage and strength it's taking for me to even talk about this. And I'm doing it so that if there's someone out there who is going through a loss right now, 
they feel alone and they feel like no one understands me, I can be that voice for them. So if you don't like this, if you think I'm doing this for attention or pity, you don't have to listen, honestly. Um, This may not be the episode for you. So just a little bit of context and background. My brother passed away on April 6th, 2020, so about 10 months ago. So it's been almost a year. And um, he was my one and only sibling, me and Sahil, his name was Sahil. We had a four-year age gap, so he was my younger brother. And yeah, I'm sorry, this is going to be a really hard episode for me, so if it seems very scattered or all over the place, I apologize for that. It's just like really hard to talk about something like this. Um because you just, you never think that this is going to happen to you. Uh, yeah, you like, it's never easy. No one ever thinks about, you know, their family members passing away, but I thought if anything, my grandparents would go and then my parents would go and it would be me and Sile in the end. Um, no one in our family, sorry guys, <laughs> no one in our family ever expected that it would be him. He was 18 years old. Um, and you almost become so used to that person being there that you don't ever think about the day that they might not be there. The longest Sahil and I had been apart ever in our entire life, in his 18 years of life and in my 22 years of life, was two weeks. And so to go 10 months without seeing his face or hearing his voice is very difficult. And yeah, like just to add on to that, you become so comfortable with that person just merely existing. You don't think about the day that they might not be there. I used to go upstairs because my room is in the basement. As we've covered, it's freezing cold My because my dad doesn't like to turn on the heat. Um, but yeah, I used to go upstairs every single morning and I always expected him to be there at the breakfast table eating breakfast or whenever I would pass his room, he'd be on his bed playing video games or on his phone. And now when I go upstairs and I don't see him on the table or I don't see him on his bed, it's it's really weird because, I mean, especially with family, I feel like we just almost take their presence for granted. And then when they're not there, you really feel the ramifications of them not being there. So I hope passing came as a shock to everyone in my family. Once again, we just never expected that that would happen and so the grieving process was that much more difficult because you just have no time to prepare and that's not to say you know if you know that someone is passing away if they have a long-term illness that makes it any easier because I know my dad's diagnosed with ALS which is a chronic and terminal illness there is no cure and I know that eventually one day he might not be here. It's never going to make it easier, but I know when you see your 18-year-old brother pass away who is in perfect health, it really takes a toll on your mental and physical health. And so it was really really difficult for me to understand this. And I reacted very differently than I ever thought I would because this was the first major loss in my life. My mom's dad, so my grandpa, passed away in 2006 from cancer, but I was also nine years old at the time, so I didn't understand death. 
and my mom's family lives in Toronto. So she went over there. We did not go with her for the funeral or anything. So I never really understood death. I never really understood what it meant to lose someone and the grieving process that you go through until my brother. After meeting with my therapist, she explained to me that there's actually five phases of grieving, five phases of grief. And the first one is denial, then it's confusion or bargaining. So bargaining is like saying it's my fault if only I had done this or if I only if only I had done that, then that person would still be here. Then there is sadness or depression. So having depressive symptoms, feelings of not wanting wanting to be here, feeling like your life is over. And then there is acceptance. And I think a part of the reason that I pushed the podcast for so long, because I knew this was one of the first topics I want to talk about, was because I know that by putting out this episode, it kind of makes it real. I don't know if that don't make any sense. And maybe if you've lost someone, it will. But um, putting out this podcast really forces me to accept that this is reality and this is real life. Because you go through a phase where you deny it. You don't think that that person is actually gone. And I mean, I went through denial went through denial and I took it very hard. There were days when I would get up in the morning and I would be like, there were, there's days when you get up in the morning and you just forget that that person is no longer here. There's days when I walk past his room and I forget that he's not here. Sorry guys. (laughs) I did not think I would get this emotional because I'm not an emotional person by nature especially in front of other people but um I think it's good I think it's good to be emotional and vulnerable and I'm not scared to honestly um because it just makes you human there's nothing wrong with showing people that you have feelings which is something that I'm trying to work through with my therapist but I really went through denial I there was moments when I would wake up and I would forget that that even happened and even bargaining so saying things like if I had spent more time with him if I had done this if I had done that really difficult to understand loss it's really hard to rationalize it in your mind for sure and what really compelled me to want to even record this episode was because I don't know if anyone listening to this has lost a sibling but from my experience losing a sibling is not something that's talked about enough Especially because I know when I lost my brother, my feelings and my grief was pushed to the side. And that was because my parents were at the forefront. Everyone that came over, everyone that called was so fixated on my parents because they had lost a child. And I'm not trying to diminish the loss of a child whatsoever, or I'm not trying to downplay it. Losing a child is one of the most difficult things, if not the most difficult thing that you can go through. Watching my mother grieve over losing her child is the most difficult thing that I've gone through. And I'm not trying to take that away from them, but no one really cared how I felt because the forefront was my parents and everyone's attention automatically went to my parents. And if anyone knows me in real life, they know that I don't ask for attention. I don't like the spotlight to be on me. 
but it was really hard because I felt like no one understood me and no one cared to understand me. And I was actually, I actually felt like your, my grief was not as important as the parents who had lost their child. You know, you lost a brother, your parents lost a kid. And that was what I felt like everyone's tone insinuated to me and what everyone's actions insinuated to me. And if anyone comes across this episode who has also lost a sibling, a brother or a sister, I just want you to know that that is not true. Your feelings are valid. Your grief is valid. And that person meant something to you. And that, you know, just because you didn't lose a child doesn't mean that you are not also grieving as much or even more so than parents. Because for me, the person that I've spent the most time with my in my entire life was Sahil. We spent every single day together. We got dropped off to school together. We got picked up together. We hung out at home together. My parents had full-time jobs. They had businesses that they were running. My grandparents, there was a little bit of a disconnect because, I mean, we were born here and my grandparents came afterwards. And that's not to say that, you know, my grandparents didn't take care of me. I mean, they took care of us our entire lives. But that bond that you have with your sibling, especially when there's only two of you, our bond was unmatched. We were as close as I got. Anywhere that I was, Sahil was always there. If I wanted to go sleep over at my cousin's house, Sahil had to go with me. Like we were, we were attached at the hip. We never went anywhere without one another. The first time I went somewhere without my brother was when I went to Africa to do a volunteer trip with my best friend. But other than that, anywhere that we went, we went together. We were never separated like that. Our parents would go to trips. My mom, if she had to go to Toronto to visit her family, or if my dad had to go somewhere, he would go. But we were never split up, ever. So when people tried to make it seem like my grief was not as, my grief was not as large or as much as my parents, it really upset me because, I mean, my brother was my best friend and, um, I loved him dearly. I was super protective over him. He had a peanut allergy and I remember wherever we would go, I would freak out if we went to a restaurant or if we went somewhere to eat. Any chocolate bar, any candy bar, he would look at the ingredients and then toss it over to me and I would run it over just to make sure, or would read it over, sorry, just to make sure that there wasn't any peanuts if we went to a restaurant. I had to make sure that no one cooked with peanut oil or no one, you know, there was no peanuts on the dishes because it literally gave me anxiety. I could not enjoy my food thinking if there was thinking that there was any traces of peanuts. I was super protective over him. If anyone said anything about him or came at him, it irked me. And if you have a sibling, you know. It's like you can talk shit to one another as much as you want, but as soon as that third person inserts themselves and comes after your sibling, it is game. Like I remember so many times when Sahil would come running to my defense the second that he heard someone was saying something to me and vice versa. If someone even tried to bump into me or they accidentally, you know, shoved me a little bit, he was ready to fight. He had his, you know, fist clenched and he was ready to go. Um, 
he was also super sensitive to my needs if I was emotional or if I was really going through something. He felt it tenfold when I was going through my depression when I was first diagnosed in 2018. I remember there was a moment when I went into his room and he could just sense that I was upset and I was just bawling and he was just shaking at the thought and at the sight of me even being up that that being that upset. Um, there were times when he would like barge into my room or in the bathroom because he was worried about leaving me alone in case I did something because I was having suicidal thoughts at that time. So he was just so sensitive and attentive to my needs. I've never had someone be like that in my entire life. For anyone that has lost someone in their life, you would know that the grieving process is complicated and complex. There are so many emotions that come up that you don't even realize. And when I was talking to my therapist, because I did grief counseling, she almost described it as an iceberg. So there is a portion of the iceberg that is submerged underwater that you don't see. And then there's the tip of the iceberg that is above water. And what is underneath that is submerged in water that you don't see are all of those emotions in your subconscious, all of those emotions that you don't expect to come out. And then at the tip of the iceberg, those are like the emotions that you openly display, like sadness, depression, and all of that. And the grieving, the grieving process is super difficult because everyone grieves so differently. And the way that you think that you would grieve may not necessarily be the way that you actually grieve. I know that was the case for me and certain emotions that I have never felt in my whole entire life came up during the grieving process of my brother. Um, it's not always what you expect. It, it truly isn't. You truly have to expect the unexpected during this process and it's super difficult. Um, I know when my brother passed away, I was not coping very well at all. I became super angry and volatile and aggressive. And if anyone knows me, once again, you know that I'm not an angry person. I may have resting bitch face, but deep down, I'm just thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch. Like if you saw me in the hallways in high school, I mean, I can't even tell you the amount of times I heard this. You look like a bitch. That's why I didn't want to approach you. Or I was really scared to talk to you because you just look like a bitch. Yeah, no, I've heard that like a thousand times. So if you think that, totally understand. I'm just thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch. Like, you know, pasta or pizza. I don't know. But (laughs) yeah, I am not an aggressive person. I am not angry. I'm not one to get into a fight. I'm not one to swear a lot. You know, I literally was not allowed to say the word stupid when I was a child because we thought it was a bad word. Side note, actually a side story is this one time me and Sahil were actually fighting and I called him stupid. And once again, we thought stupid was the S word. Like we thought stupid was like a really bad word. And I remember he went and ran to my mom crying. He was a child. He ran to my mom crying saying that Mina called me stupid And my mom was like, I was stricken with fear when she came up to me because I was like, oh no, I'm done. I'm dead. I said stupid. Like, I'm probably going to hell, honestly. You know, that's it. Should just pack my bags because I'm on a one-way flight to hell. But yeah, my mom was like, why don't, if she called you stupid, you call her stupid back. And I looked at her and he looked at me 
and I looked at him and I was like, is this really our mother? Like, is this really our parental figure? But yeah, so we thought the word stupid was really bad. I don't know, a side tangent for you guys, but yeah, I'm not one to swear a lot. I don't get up in arms. I'm not, like, I'm not one to fight. Like, if we ever get into a fight, I'm never going to get into a fight because I know I don't have a, a chance. <laughs> like, I will, I will fold at the sight of any altercation. It's just not me, but yeah, so I'm not an aggressive person, but when my brother passed away and Sahil was a hothead, he was very angry, um, very defensive, and I always joke around that when he passed away, he gave all of his anger to me because I became super aggressive, and instead of sadness, I kind of masked my grief with anger. I was angry at him. I was angry at the world. I was angry at myself, and I was just angry. If anyone said anything to me, I was angry. The amount of times I stormed off, I can't even tell you. The amount of times that I just had so much pent-up anger or I would go running my mouth. Like, there were times that I did that and those are moments that I'm not proud of. And one thing I always said to all of my friends and family, I've apologized countless times. It's like, I didn't get into a fight or anything. I'm, I feel like I'm really making myself sound bad, but... But yeah, it just became super defensive. I would shut down anytime anyone would even bring up the topic of Sahil or him passing away. I would completely just put up my wall, shut down, shut the topic down. If anyone would try to even bring it up to me, it would make me, it would seriously fill me with rage, which this came as a shock to me and I didn't even know how to process my anger. I felt my anger but I didn't know how to cope with it. And so that led to a lot of toxicity and a lot of habits that were very detrimental to my health, my mental and physical health. And, you know, I got to a point where I was not sleeping at all. I would stay up until 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m. I was not sleeping at all through the night. And then I would sleep through the day just so I wouldn't have to see anyone or wouldn't have to talk to anyone when anyone... Anytime anyone tried to talk to me, I would not talk to them. There were times when I would just sit in his bed and then people would try to approach me and try to talk to me like family members and I would just not respond, like honestly give the silent treatment. <laughs> but I really just did not cope well. I didn't know how to cope. I would just lash out anytime anyone would say anything. I would freak out. It was during the grieving process, all of my family members, we were going through so much. And so innately, what do you do? You know, as, as humans, we often, it's easier to get after or go after the people that you love. It's easier to hurt them than a stranger. Like you don't, you know, you don't just go lash out at a stranger if you're having a bad day or feeling angry. Who do you lash out at? who do you lash out on? Um, the people that are closest to you. I feel like we all do this. And so all of us were going through our grieving process, like my mom, my dad, and myself especially. And so since we were all so hurt and we were all going through so much, we were bickering and we were fighting so much and it was just not healthy or house. 
and our home was just not a healthy environment. There was so much negative energy and it was really hard to even try to heal or try to move on in an environment like that because we just all didn't know how to process our grief. We all didn't know how to be vulnerable with one another and lean on one another because as much as we tried to not burden the other person, especially for me, I never wanted my parents to know that I'm not okay or I'm not handling things well because the last thing I wanted is for my mom and my dad who had just lost their child to worry about their other child and to worry about how I was handling things. I wanted to be like a strong front for them. And so when I tried so hard to suppress the emotions and I tried so hard to make it seem like I was okay, that when I wasn't, it would lead to me lashing out and lead to me just absolutely being super defensive and shutting down. So I I was not coping with grief in a healthy way at all. I was not crying. I felt like I couldn't cry. Everyone around me would just say, just let it out, just cry if you need to, just get it out of your system. And there were times, I know this is going to sound like absolute psychotic behavior, I know, trust me, but there were times when I would sit there and I'd be like, just cry, like try to force tears out of my eyes. And then I would look at myself and be like, are you a sociopath? Why can't you shed a couple of tears for your brother? The day of Silas funeral, I did not cry at all. And I remember standing there during his ceremony, the funeral ceremony, and thinking, why am I not crying? And it made me feel like absolute shit. I felt like, why can't you cry for your brother? That's not to say I didn't love him or that it wasn't difficult for me. I just, I was so numb. I didn't know how to feel anything. I literally felt numb. I didn't know if I was sad, mad, confused, angry. I just didn't, frustrated. I didn't know what I felt. I was so numb. And so I stopped feeling things. I stopped allowing myself to feel anything. I didn't want to eat my aunts and uncles and all my family members that used to come over they would prepare us meals for the first two weeks and i would not eat i was forced to eat i didn't want to even go and take a shower because i didn't want to leave my parents alone i was not talking to anyone about how i was feeling or how i was dealing with things and i i felt super lonely and I just felt isolated. I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone. It was just a super strange process. And then even imagining scenarios of how I wish things went differently and then getting upset at myself and scrutinizing myself and just like hating myself because why didn't you spend more time with him? You know, looking back at all of our fights and absolutely destroying myself because I would get angry that I even fought with him or even said those things to him. And I was just completely tearing myself to shreds. I absolutely hated myself. I hated looking at myself in the mirror. I just despised myself because I was angry that I didn't spend more time with him or that I didn't make most of the make most of the make the most out of the time that we had together. It just it was super difficult and it really took a toll on my mental and physical health for sure you know not only dealing with not coping with the death of your brother well but then the judgment that came from other people and i don't think this is talked about enough people judging the way that you're coping 
people judging the way that you're dealing with things. And this doesn't even come down to me. It also comes down to my parents. So people getting mad at me and my parents for not answering their calls or not responding to their messages. And yeah, guys, no, this is a real thing. Like in April, when my brother passed away, certain family members tried to call and message us and contact us. So imagine the day of, you know, you find out that this person that you love so dearly, you're never going to see them again. You're never going to hear their voice again and they're gone forever. And people trying to contact you and people trying to get answers and then people getting mad that you're not responding and people saying, well, I reached out to you. Why didn't you respond? Why didn't you message me back? And especially for me, I mean, my parents they completely shut down. My mom was not answering her phone. And so then people were trying to get in touch with me. And then I had to be that messenger of, please respect our privacy at this time. Please don't contact us. We're not ready to talk to anyone yet. And people calling me, people messaging me, people that I haven't talked to in years, people that I've never even met in person, you know, trying to contact me to get in touch with my parents the day that their child passed away, the day that my brother passed away. And something that's not talked about is how insensitive people can be. And for so long, I made excuses for it because I said, you know, it's okay. Death is so taboo. It's not talked about. Not everyone knows how to respond or not everyone knows how to be there for someone. But then I'm on this like flip side. I'm like, this is, you know, human decency. If someone passes away, you should respect their privacy. You should not be trying to barge into their house. And there were people trying to barge into her house. The only good thing was that this was during the height of the pandemic. We did get an exception to allow our family members to stay with us and visit us from the city. We did get an exception. Um, but, you know, we literally had to put up a sign on our front door that please do not come into our house without contacting this number. And it was my uncle's number because people, and I don't know if any other culture has this, but in the Punjabi culture, it's called absos. So when someone passes away, you do absos, you go to their house and kind of offer them your condolences. And people that never cared for us before, never even knew Sahil on a personal level, were trying to barge into our home to do absos the day of or days following the passing of my brother. When my mom and my dad, especially were not mentally stable, especially my mom, because she was having a super difficult time, they would come into her house, barge into her house, and then criticize her and say, why is she acting like this? What, what is she doing? Why is she acting like this? Is, is there something wrong with her? And I would look at these people, and this just added to my rage. I was dumbfounded. I'm like, she lost her child. How else do you expect her to act? Do you expect her to be okay? Like, what What do you expect her to act like? It, yeah, it just, I can't even begin to get into how insensitive people can be. And it's truly awful. And people feel like they are entitled. They are entitled to know what happened. They are entitled to know the ins and outs of everything that's going on. Or they're entitled to know, you know, when is the funeral so we can come. And we had the funeral during lockdown and so we were limited to only 10 people and so we had to do a live broadcast for our extended family that couldn't be there and so yeah people 
like trying to invite themselves to the funeral, people calling my uncles, trying to get them to, you know, let them know where the funeral is at, trying to show up. Like people are insensitive. People are rude and people lack basic human emotion is what I've realized. And even people were messaging me, asking me what happened. Imagine you lose your sibling and then people are asking you and they feel entitled enough to ask you what happened. And then for people to turn around certain people in my life and saying, I mean, well, that's what you get when you post it on social media. No, that is not okay. Just because I put my life out there, you know, doesn't mean that I'm a spectacle that people can openly say whatever they want to say. Just because I made a post about my brother and I just wanted to share the whole premise of my post on my personal Instagram was I just wanted to share the importance of organ donation, just the impeccable legacy that Sila left behind, which I will get into later. But people would message me and they'd be like, oh, sorry for the loss of your brother. By the way, what happened? People were messaging my best friend. People were messaging my family members saying, oh, what happened? What happened to her brother? Feeling so entitled to know what happened. People to my face saying, I'm sorry if there's anything that you need. Please don't hesitate to reach out. And then going and messaging my best friend and asking her, oh, what happened? What happened? Like, if, if you don't mind me asking what happened to her brother. That is never okay. No one owes you an explanation. You should never ever think that you deserve an explanation about what happened. If you're going to message me, send me your condolences and, that, and then follow that up with what happened, I will immediately block you and never talk to you again. I would rather that you don't even contact me and send your condolences in the first place because for someone to already be grieving and trying to understand the loss of that person in their life, you know, someone that played a very fundamental and important role in someone's life, their understanding and coping with that. And then for you to go and ask that person what happened and forcing them to relive that and explain every intimate detail about what happened is absolutely disrespectful. It is so disgusting that people even think that's okay. And for so long, I made so many excuses for people because I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I am a very empathetic person and I always try to be super rational and understand it from all sorts of perspectives. And so I used to say, well, maybe it is because I did post, you know, and so people are entitled to know what happened or yeah, death is super confusing. So not everyone knows how to respond to it properly. So I guess it's not their fault. But then I watched a lot of videos and I heard what other people had to say and absolutely not. That is not the case. No one owes anyone an explanation. And the people that actually did that were not even people that I associate with. My closest friends did not ask me what happened. My closest family members did not care for an explanation. They cared to be there for me and my family. People that I haven't talked to since high school, strangers that I've maybe said hi to once, mere acquaintances were asking for an explanation. And everything that you say before that, you can send me a paragraph, you can send me a letter offering your deepest condolences as soon as you pop that question saying what happened 
all of that goes out the window and I completely cannot stand you. And honestly, it made me resent a lot of people, people that I will never look at, at like look at in the same light ever again or have respect for ever again. You, I just want to make this super clear for anyone who's listening to this. Never, ever, ever think it is ever okay under any exception to ask someone what happened at all or to talk about what happened in separate group chats and discuss what happened or I heard this or I heard that. That is never okay, ever. And there's no one that can make me believe that it is doesn't matter if I openly put my life out there and I talk about what happened with my brother. It is never okay. But to speak on um, being judged and stuff, people made me feel bad for the way that I was dealing with things. People made me feel bad about my anger. And I just want to say that grief is difficult. Loss is very difficult. So just be kind to yourself and forgive yourself. And it's okay This is, losing someone is the most difficult thing that most of us go through in our whole entire life. And I felt so bad. I apologize on on countless occasions to the people around me. And I just want to make it clear that I don't think it's okay to act like a bitch. I have, you know, on numerous occasions apologized to people because I never want to use the excuse of my brother died or my brother passed away or I'm grieving because my, you know, I lost my brother as an excuse for acting like a bitch. I will never ever use that as an excuse and I will never ever, you know, make people feel shitty and then use the excuse of, oh, you can't say anything back to me because my brother passed away. I will never use that as an excuse and I don't think it's okay to treat people like shit just because you are grieving. But um, it's okay if you're angry and it's okay if these new emotions come up within you that you never even thought you would, you know, had the ability to even feel. So just be kind to yourself and be patient with yourself while you're trying to understand and navigate life going forward. The next topic that I wanted to get into, the subtopic is the pressure and expectations. And oh man. I, this could be a whole separate episode, honestly, because I have so many thoughts, but the expectations that come with being a daughter in a Punjabi household, I know I speak a lot on Punjabi this and Punjabi that, I mean, I can only speak on my experience, right, and the way that, you know, I've been raised around the community of the people that I've known, so the Punjabi community, um, but I mean, I don't know if this could apply to other people as well, but if you are Punjabi, you know that being the eldest daughter, what kind of role that has within a Punjabi household, or not even the eldest, just being a daughter in general, and the amount of expectations that come with that, but then the amount of expectations that come with that as soon as your brother passes away, or as soon as the only son passes away. And actual statements that came out of people mouths and they would say you know move on you have to be strong the day that my brother passed away I was told you know you have to move on you have to be strong life has to go on and you have to be strong for your parents and um even people saying you have to take on the role of both a daughter and a son now you have to make sure that you you know continue studying and you do really well and you get your education so you can have a great 
career, a prosperous career to provide for your parents because now you have to take on the role of both a daughter and a son so they don't feel the absence of a son. These were things that were said to me. And, um, you know, you have to go to school and uh, go into an equitable career to support your family. You aren't allowed to feel sad right now. You have to be strong for your parents. The amount of times I was told that, the amount of times that people would come up to me and I thought they were going to ask me, like, you know, how are you doing? Are you okay? The amount of people that would come up to me not even acknowledge the fact that, oh, this is a girl. This is a person that has lost their brother, their best friend, someone that they grew up with their entire life. She's also going through so much. People would come up to me and say, okay, you know, you have to make sure that you stay strong. And for your parents, you have to make sure that, you know, you can't, you can't be upset right now because you have to be strong for your mom and your dad. It made me feel like my feelings didn't even matter. My feelings were pushed to the side, you know, tossed into a garbage can, thrown away, tossed into a box, shipped off. Like people did not even have the courtesy to ask me, how are you? How are you dealing with things? Are you okay? Is there anything that you need? Every single uncle, auntie, every single person would come up to me and say, you need to take care of your parents. You can't fool around anymore. You can't slack off anymore. You need to step it up for your family because now they're all that you've got. And for anyone who's in my position or who has ever been in my position, I just want to reiterate, and I know I say this, I feel like in every episode, countless times, but your feelings are valid and you are allowed to feel and you are allowed to grieve and you are allowed to be sad and mad and angry without being judged or scrutinized or there being this surmountable amount of pressure on you to hold things together because trying to hold things together and trying to remain strong for my parents and not allowing myself to even process or unpack the emotions that came with losing my brother fucked me up mentally for months and it was because I was not allowed to grieve initially that now my parents are not that they're moving on because you never move on from something like this but they're trying to accept it now I feel like I am light years behind them because now that they are trying to move on and heal, I feel the loss of Sahil so much more now than I ever did when he actually passed away. I am having a harder time now coping with his death than I did in April when he actually passed away. Because not only, you know, everyone was around us, we were distracted, but also no one allowed me to feel what I wanted to feel. And so... Because of that, now I am in a really tough position because it's hitting me so much harder now than it was when it actually happened. And I've heard people say that. I've heard a lot of kids talk about how it's, you know, the second year of when they pass away that it hits them harder or months later it hits them like a ton of bricks. And the emotions of that you think that would come up when that person initially dies come up months later. Because you did not unpack those emotions or even allow yourself to feel anything during the time of when it was happening. It's okay to want to take care of your family. It's okay to want to be there for your parents. But 
it's also okay to want to take care of yourself and you are not selfish for that. You are not a bad child to your parents for that. If anything, it's better for them. It's better to take that time for yourself and to focus on yourself for a bit. You know, rather than now, because I see and my parents see how fucked up emotionally I am now and it hurts them because they see how tough of a time I'm having now dealing with everything going on with Zahil. And that was because simply I just, like, I didn't allow myself to feel anything. I shut it all down. I packed it all away. I literally tossed out the key to that suitcase of emotions because I just was told so many times. And when you're told countless times, time after time, move on, be strong, move on, be strong, life goes on, be there for your parents. You start to internalize that and you start to believe it. And you start to believe, okay, you know, I can't be upset around my parents. I have to hide all of that. I can't cry in front of my parents because I don't want them to worry about me. I can't put them through any more than they're already going through. You, you literally start to believe that that becomes your reality of hiding things from your family, from your parents, the people that literally gave you birth, the people that are in this as much as you are. Another thing that comes up with grief is feelings of regret. And I feel like this is a huge, a huge obstacle to overcome when grieving is just regret. You know, regretting not being there enough, regretting not, you know, Um, being in the moment or taking those moments for granted, you regret the things that you have said and done and you become stuck in the past and it makes it that much harder to move on because you become fixated on the past and you you harp on details like, you know, what you said during an argument or words that came out of pure anger and you hate yourself and I hated myself because I felt like I wasn't a good sibling and I wasn't there for him enough. And I, I blame myself. I hated myself. I cannot stand myself. There were so many moments when I was like, why did it have to be him? Why couldn't have why couldn't it have been me? You know, my family would have been better off if it was me, not him. And you despise yourself. You think about not wanting to be there, but then you also think about I can't put my parents through that or wishing that it was you and not him. And I I felt a lot of regret because the thing about Sahil is Sahil had such a zest for life. (laughs) Anyone that knew him, I mean, that kid loved life. He lived every moment to the fullest and he truly owned his life and he took the reins of his life. And it did not, he did not care what I said, what my parents said. He did what he wanted. And that's something that I'm super proud of him for because I know if he was standing in front of me, there's not a moment that he would ever regret or take back because he truly owned every moment as his, as his own and every decision that he made in his life was purely because that's what he wanted to do in that moment. And he was not selfish. Oh no, he was not selfish at all. He was the most caring and compassionate kid I've ever met. Any emo- and especially for the people that he loved, for sure. I always say that I love my parents so much. I'm so close to my mom and dad, but he loved them so much more. He would crumble at the sight of my parents being upset. When my dad got diagnosed with ALS, he took it super hard. It really shattered him to the core. And um, he did not know how to deal with things properly. Um, 
but yeah, he had his, he had a zest for life, and, uh, he loved life, he loved it, and, um, I felt regret because I know there were moments when I would think about ending my life when I was super depressed, and I felt guilty because there was this kid, my brother, that loved life so much, and then there was me who took it for granted, and during moments of depression and anxiety, I wish I wasn't here, and I would say things like, I wish I was dead, and it was just unfair because he's no longer here, and I am, and uh, that was just super hard because... I just felt guilty that I took life for granted and he didn't and he was no longer here and I was. Um, so I really hated myself for that and I really just absolutely hated the person that I was and I felt like I was a terrible sister to him and I felt like I took him for granted, which is really hard to confront that, but... um. Although grief is difficult, it teaches you a lot of things, and this is truly the most difficult thing I have gone through, and I feel like it is the most difficult experience I will ever go through in my whole entire life, but I learned a lot during this experience. I mean, if anything, it teaches you life is too short, and you just have to make the most of today and this moment that you are in, and you have to be in the present and I feel like we often live in the past because we harp on you know mistakes that we made in the past or things that we wish we had done differently or we often fast forward to the future and we're thinking about when things will get better or you know your future life your future spouse your future kids but we forget to live in the moment and we forget to appreciate the people that are around us right here right now and um you know, just don't get caught up in planning the future and planning this, you know, life for yourself that you hope one day you'll acquire. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having goals. Goals are healthy. Goals are great. But um, also focus on the present and make sure you take every moment in because you truly don't know when your time will come. You know, we're not promised tomorrow. We aren't. Anything can happen at any moment that can completely alter your life. So be grateful for what you have and count your blessings every single day. Count, you know, your blessings for being healthy, for having a family, for having a roof over your head because there are so many people that don't and there are so many people that yearn for a life like yours. Whereas we often, you know, are daydreaming about how we wish our life was. So just, just be grateful and then, you know, of course, this is so cliche, but tell people you love them every day, every moment that you get. Um, it's so cliche. It's so cheesy. I know Sahil was like, which I'm sure he is listening to this. He's probably like, oh my God, here this chick goes again with her philosophical shit, bullshit. But um, yeah, seriously, tell people you love them every single day. Because there might be a moment when you're not able to tell them and you're not able to hear it back from them. Uh, so just be grateful for the people that you have and make sure you express that because you may feel it. You know, you may feel, oh, I love these people in my life. I love my family. And we don't feel the need to always express it. But there may be a moment in time in the future where you wish you had done that more and you wish you had 
really taken the time to tell someone that you appreciate them and really value them in your life. So, I mean, if you're taking anything away from this podcast episode after this episode, go tell the people in your life that you love them. You know, go hug your parents and your siblings and your friends and your partners and your grandparents and just really just relish in this moment and what you have because, you know, you could wake up tomorrow and it could all be taken away from you. That's just how life is. And so a lot of you may be wondering, you know, what is it like now? Like, how is your life now? Um, It's super difficult for me. I'm trying to take it day by day. And like we talked about in the beginning of the episode, the last stage of grief is acceptance and kind of moving forward with life and beginning the healing process. Um, So something that my family and I have started is grief counseling. When Sahil first passed away in April, I obviously stopped going to my therapist, the one that I had previously. And everyone was telling me, you know, you and your parent should do grief counseling. Like, you guys really need to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And I had one session with a therapist a couple weeks after he passed away. And I just wasn't ready. And I remember she emailed me after the session and she said, I don't think you're ready to have this conversation yet. So take some time for yourself. And then when you are ready and you really want to be here, you can message me again. And so just last month, I started counseling and therapy and kind of working through um, grief and kind of unpacking the emotions that come with it. And my mom and dad have also started. So I would recommend grief counseling, but also... You know, do it on on your time and when you truly want to. And if you're not ready, that's okay. You know, there's no timeline for grief. It's not like, oh, you know, at the one-year mark, all of a sudden things are better and you begin to move forward with life. That's not how this goes. I mean, grief is something that follows you for the rest of your life. And the death of my brother will always be difficult for me for the rest of my days. Um, I know that for sure. And... You know, you're often told time heals all and time heals every wound and things get better with time. And I don't know if that's true. I wouldn't say that things get better. (laughs) And I I hope, hopefully I'm not discouraging anyone that's listening to this. I don't know that things get better because this pain of Sahil not being here is just as strong as it was the day that we found out he passed away. Um, I don't know if things get better. But with time, you kind of just learn to live with it and you just learn to understand that that will be, that absence in your heart will forever be there. But life has to go on and you have to move forward and life doesn't stop for anyone. So I don't know if things get better. The pain never goes away. You kind of just learn to live with it and you kind of just learn to accept that 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 wound is never going to heal and it's always going to be there. Um but you learn to you learn to cope with it in a healthier way. Um, it's okay to ask for help. That's something that I really struggled with. Uh, I just didn't know how to even navigate life after he passed away. I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know how to tell people that I was struggling because when you go your entire life not asking for help, being independent, and not wanting other people to know that you're not doing well, all of a sudden when you're put in a position 
where you go through something super traumatic, you don't want all that attention on you and you don't know how to ask people for help because you've never done it before. But it's okay to lean on the people around you and ask for help and ask for support from your family and your friends. Um, be gentle with yourself. And, you know, it, it's okay to have bad days. Um, there's moments now, 10 months later, that he, you know, after he passed away, that I still have super bad days where I'm in, I'm in a super bad mood and I'm just upset at the world. I'm upset at my life. And I used to think that I wasn't allowed to feel that. I always used to think it's been 10 months. Like, why are you still doing this? Why are you still feeling this way? It's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have off days. Things don't get better. Um, Overnight, things don't, you know, turn around that soon. Just leaning on your family and friends for support is super important. Don't feel like a burden. If anything, it will make your family feel so much better that you are leaning on them for support and you are being open with them and honest with them about how you're feeling rather than them worrying because the people around you that are close to you, they'll be able to see through that and it'll hurt them so much more knowing that you are just suppressing all of that emotion. And um, as I move forward, I learned that it's okay to talk about my sibling and remember them in a good light. When Sahil passed away, a lot of people around us and even my family, we became really hush-hush. The name, you know, Sahil, even bringing up his name just would make everyone instantly shed tears. And so there was a moment in time where we even stopped mentioning his name because we just didn't want to deal with the emotion that came with it. But I realized it's okay to talk about him. It's okay. Even if, you know, his name does bring me to tears, it's okay. But they don't have to be a memory from the past. Just because they're not here doesn't mean that their spirit doesn't have to still live on within your home or within your family. And I love talking about him now. I love recounting our memories and our childhood and looking through old pictures and videos and keeping him alive in that sense because just because I can't hear his voice doesn't mean, or just because he's not physically here doesn't mean that he's not with us or his presence isn't felt everywhere we go. And um, another thing that was super therapeutic for me was connecting with Sahil's friends and talking to them and even my cousins and such and hearing different stories about Sahil that I never knew, some good, some bad, some that I could go without knowing. <laughs> but um, it, it keeps that person alive and it keeps a, a piece of them close to your heart and having little little parts of Sahil alive within his friends and looking at them and seeing little parts of Sahil within them or my cousins and such that were super close to him. It keeps him alive in a sense and it keeps it makes it feel like he's still here in different ways. Um, even though no one will ever replace Sahil in my heart. And yeah, no one will ever take that place. There is a place in my heart that will always be reserved for him, but it's nice having people around him that knew him in a different way besides myself keep him alive in different ways. And just one thing I wanted to share, I have touched on this on my personal Instagram, but organ donation. Sahil gave life to so many different people. His organs were donated and because of him, you know, he gave so many people 
a second chance at life. There were there are eyes. His eyes were donated. His eyes will see the world in a different body. And we actually got a letter from one of the recipients this Christmas, and it was a father who has a young daughter, and he got Sahil's kidney, and he was just so grateful and felt so indebted to our family because because of Sahil, he gets to be there for his little girl, and he gets to be a father to his little girl, and she gets to grow up with her dad, and um, I think that is beautiful, and... I'll never understand why Sahil had to go so young, and I wish I had more time with him. But knowing that he gave life to so many different people and gave people a second chance at life to be there with their family and friends makes it easier to understand, and I felt like that was his purpose on earth. His purpose on earth was to give life to other people and to help other families that are really struggling right now. So if you haven't done so already, I highly highly suggest that everyone become an organ donor it can help so many people and it saves so many lives every single person in my family we all signed up for organ donation so all of our organs will be donated when all of us um, pass away so if that is something that you're interested in i know there's certain cultures or religions that may not believe in that or may have different views and beliefs and that's totally understandable and i respect that but If it is something that you've thought about or something that you're interested in, I highly suggest you look into it because you just never know how, you know, important that organ may be in saving someone's life. All in all, I just want to say that I truly cherish the 18 years that I had with Sahil and I love him dearly and um, I'm okay. It's obviously I'm struggling and I have a lot of hard days, and I got super emotional in this episode, which it's kind of weird to know that people will be listening to me, you know, getting so emotional, but it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to feel things, it's okay to let other people know that you also feel things, and um, yeah, I really hope that this helped even one person who may be struggling right now with the loss of a family member, and it's okay not to be okay, It's okay to take your time. It's okay if you don't get it right now or if you don't understand it or if you're angry or upset. It, I don't want to say it gets better because like I said, it doesn't get better, but it'll become easier. Not not even that it'll become easier. It'll just, you'll learn to live with it and life will be beautiful in different ways and you will feel happiness again one day. It, it won't ever completely remove that sadness within your heart or within your family. It won't make up for the absence that you feel within your family, but you will feel happiness in other ways, even if you don't right now. Yeah, and that is this week's episode. I hope this helps one person. I know this was a super serious topic. It wasn't that lighthearted or entertaining. Um, But this was super important to me because, once again, like I said, when I was going through this, I really was looking for external resources to allow me to connect with people who had gone through something similar and allow me to understand that I'm not the only one that's feeling this way. 
and when people around me didn't get it, I knew that there were other people in this world, maybe that I haven't even met, that did get it and did understand it. And so I hope this helps even one person, and I hope someone out there can resonate with this. But other than that, this was this week's episode of The Social Outcast. I hope you guys took something away from this episode, and I hope you enjoyed, <laughs> um, even though it was kind of a more serious topic. But other than that, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts. Make sure you follow the Instagram page, the official Instagram page for the podcast, which is at the social outcast pod on Instagram. I will leave the Google form in the so sorry in the show notes as well as a link in the bio on my Instagram page. So please submit your stories, your thoughts, any topics you want me to discuss, any advice you want from me, because I would love to record episodes in the future giving my amateur advice that no one asked for. Just inserting my opinion where it's not needed. I I love doing that. <laughs> but yeah, I am super glad you decided to listen to this episode and you decide to join me this week and I look forward to you joining me again next week next Monday other than that I hope everyone has a lovely week ahead and that is a wrap on this week's episode